0: This is Manya Kutse, and I am the editor-in-chief of What's on Weibo, a website reporting the trending topics on Chinese social media. And this is the second What's on Weibo podcast. Before diving into the topic that everyone was talking about on Weibo this week, I first want to go over a few other topics, news topics, that were trending on Chinese social media this week. Starting with a new coronavirus outbreak in Qingdao in Shandong province. It was big news on Weibo and elsewhere this week because from Sunday to last Tuesday, there were a total of 13 new confirmed COVID-19 cases in the city, all linked to a local hospital. And it's been reported that a CT scan room in this hospital had no proper disinfection and that this was where um, the infections came from, where they spread allegedly. Well, you could say 13 new cases. Well, in America and Europe, you see very different numbers and uh, they're doing much, much worse. Why are 13 new cases such big news? Well, it has actually been the first domestic COVID-19 outbreak in China in about two months. And um, you see that China, when it comes to the COVID-19 battle and the way they've been handling this crisis it is very much uh, an all or nothing approach so you see periods of extreme control as we've seen in Wuhan at the start of the epidemic followed by periods of relative freedom. I think you all saw these images and videos of people having this major pool party in Wuhan. Well, that's because, you know, they've had the periods of extreme control so that they can enjoy this freedom again. And what you saw in Qingdao is that once the news came out about these these uh, these new infections, immediately a large-scale and thorough contact tracing program was set up with over 800 police officers being involved. And over a period of just 72 hours, 9 million people in the city of Qingdao were tested. And since then, no new cases have been reported in the city. So this local handling of a new outbreak again has become major news with local media but also nationwide state media sharing videos of how this new local crisis was handled and you know was dealt with very very quickly. And what you what you see is that there's this new narrative of uh, China's successful handling of the COVID-19 epidemic that comes with a lot of nationalism and with pride and with all cities and people being you know fighting against the virus. Uh, together and you know you saw a lot of people also saying Qingdao jiao Qingdao jiao Qingdao jiao Qingdao jiao Come on Qingdao we're doing this together so um, you see that there's waves of nationalism this year when it comes to China and COVID-19 <laughs> Another topic that was trending this week, and really uh, it was very big, 1.2 billion views on Weibo alone, was that condom and sex toy brand Jurex has been penalized by Chinese regulators for publishing ads that are allegedly vulgar and sexually stimulating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jurex was fined 810,000 yuan, which is over $120,000 already earlier this year. It's only that the news hasn't come out until now. And the reason that they were facing these penalties is because they've violated China's advertising laws. And these advertising laws make it illegal for companies to display any violence, um, any to, to have any obscene or scary or superstitious content in their ads. There are many more regulations when it comes to China's advertising laws, and a lot of it is gray area. It's not really clear when, as a company, you are crossing the line, well, some guidelines are very clear, like you cannot use China's national flag in your ad, for example. But for Jurex, of course, it's a real challenge because they are a condom and sex toy brand. So they are always, you know, playing with words and uh, being a little bit edgy. And well, according to regulators, this time they crossed the line. Why it became such a big topic is also because the Jurex brand has been hugely popular on Weibo ever since it first joined the platform. And they've been on Weibo since 2010 for over a decade. So they're really one of the early brands to to join the platform as they did for really smart marketing purposes. And many Chinese netizens really appreciate Jurex the way they the, the the smart and funny advertising methods that they have, and they really support the brand as well. And um, this time now that Jurex has con- gone trending again for for facing these penalties, although man, some people about the ads in question they think okay maybe this went a little bit too far, but others say it's just funny. I am thinking that actually facing these penalties is the best promotion campaign for Jurex thus far, since literally thousands of people have been discussing the brand this week and have been again showing their, uh, sharing their ads everywhere. So um, yeah, this, this might be the best promotion campaign that they've had in a decade actually. let's go on to the next topic. It was quite noteworthy. Maybe you've seen a video on Twitter making its rounds. There was a local opera performance in a small town in Zhejiang that unexpectedly turned into a huge state fight when a drunken man stormed on stage and started attacking the performers. So... A video of this incident has been making its ways, uh, its rounds on Chinese social media and on on WeChat and on Weibo, and it shows such a chaotic scene. Uh, The man who was attacking the people allegedly was turned down after he tried to make a move on one of the actresses. And uh, I mean, it was spectacular enough. If you're a little bit familiar with Chinese traditional opera, you know the costumes and the makeup. It's all quite dramatic. Uh, And this made the scene all the more spectacular, that a drunken man was involved. Uh, It doesn't get more opera, drama than this. Uh, But one of the reasons also why it attracted so much attention on Chinese social media, because it turned out that the man who stormed on stage was actually the son of the chief of a neighboring village. So what an explosive performance. That's what a lot of people were saying. Now, on to the main topic of this week. Really, it was dominating all the top trending lists. It is the Shanghai Lady Socialite WeChat group. A WeChat group meant for the rich, the wealthy, the upper class young ladies of Shanghai. Well, that's what it says it is, but actually it's something entirely different. It went trending after a Chinese blogger named Li Zhonger heard about this group through a reader. He was tipped off, and he joined this group for two weeks pretending to be a rich Shanghai socialist girl himself he exposed what this group was talking about and the way they operate and in detail he wrote about this in his blog he shared screenshots of the kind of talk that was going on so how it went actually, he, he paid 500 UN about 75 dollars, to enter this group. You need an invitation first, and the group advertises itself as young fashion money. Shanghai Socialite Group, we share information about luxury products. We have afternoon tea together. Through this group, you get to know social media influencers and we can share updates on wealthy bachelors. So actually, this is something that Li Jonger was also expecting to find. And he was very surprised to find that this group was more of a group buying project. It was like a Groupon chat group all these women were actually not that rich and wealthy and glamorous as they uh, posed to be on their social media accounts. They were actually um, group buying into experiences together. And he was sharing all the screenshots and all the juice on this. And just to make it clear, because this might still sound a bit vague, what, what these women were doing um, during the weeks that or joined their group. For example, they shared the costs for an afternoon high tea at the Ritz Carlton in Shanghai. Usually this afternoon high tea is for two people. Well they would share the costs with six people, so each person paying 85 yuan and then they would take turns to attend the high tea. So First, two people would come, they would make pictures, share their location for their social media feed, be all glamorous, like, look at me having high tea at the Ritz-Carlton, and then they would leave when their time was up, and then the next person would arrive for exactly the same photos and the same cookies, because, of course, there was an agreement, agreement that nobody could touch the cookies. I'm not sure if they could actually drink the tea, but it was all about just showing that they were there and not about actually enjoying that moment. Another example is they split the costs for a 3,000 yuan hotel room, a $450 hotel room uh, also at the Ritz, and they shared the costs with 15 members. Each member paying 200 yuan, $30 for... Yeah, for what? Actually, for just visiting the hotel room, taking a picture there sharing their location again on their feed, making people believe that, you know, oh, they're just celebrating another Tuesday at the Ritz being all glamorous. They also did the same for a Bulgari hotel room, one of the most expensive hotel rooms in Shanghai with 40 people each paying $18 to just go up with the elevator to the room, <laughs> uh, share a picture of themselves there, you know, and... um so it's very interesting, everybody uh, is talking about this still on Weibo now, like how is this possible? These girls were renting one designer bag with four people just so they could show up on a date, you know, having this very expensive Louis Vuitton or whatever bag, and then they would pass it on to the next person. Um, they also rented a white Ferrari with 60 people for one day, each paying 15 Dollars just to have a picture of themselves with that Ferrari. So you could say that it is the most budget way of appearing rich. Um, they would even share the costs of a second-hand Gucci pantyhose. But at the same time, while these women were leading, are leading this very, very budget, group-buying luxury lifestyle. They're very picky about men, uh, men driving. A BMW car, for example, is not good enough. And they showed quite some arrogance also. So I think this is something that pissed off a lot of people on social media, uh, you know, who, who were annoyed that these women had such high demands for men while they themselves were not, you know, not holding themselves to the same standards. And then a second story came out also about this faking it on social media, that there are actually groups that are doing things that are even worse than the Shanghai Lady Socialite WeChat group. There is another group that was exposed, and I should clarify, when I talk about a WeChat group, there are multiple groups. One WeChat group can hold up to 500 people. and For example, the Shanghai Lady Socialite WeChat group, there are hundreds of people joining that group but then on different within different groups. So you have an A, B, C, D group. So we're talking not about a a very small skill group here. We're talking about a big trend actually. So another one of these groups is all about buying WeChat moments. WeChat moments is let's say it's the Chinese version of your Facebook timeline, your Twitter or your Instagram timeline. And there are some young men who are insecure about (laughs) maybe insecure about their own social media feed and they really hope to impress the ladies with their social media feed. So what they do is they join this kind of buying WeChat moments group and they pay for it. Uh, You can find these groups on Taobao, the e-commerce platforms, and you can pay like $15 to enter such a group. And then every day at 5 p.m. you get a new photo delivered to uh, to the chat group. Uh, showing, uh, you know, chilling out by the swimming pool, having nice fresh seafood, cuddling with the cat, like the perfect lifestyle, nice travels, all kinds of different glamorous and cute and funny photos. And these men can place these photos straight on their own social media feed, including the caption. So the blogger who was writing about this, Jajata, she was writing about this uh, this week, also just a few days after the, the big story about the Shanghai group came out. Um, this blogger discovered that there are hundreds of people on WeChat who are all posting exactly the same photos on a daily basis. So their entire social media feed is fake. It doesn't get more fake than this, actually. Well, there are many dimensions at play here. Uh, People are annoyed with social media going too far when it comes to being fake. You already have so many apps that people can Photoshop their own faces, make themselves thinner. But actually, you know, buying photos, but also buying into experiences, pretending you're someone you are not, that is something that many people find annoying. And also that it's all about money. Um, as if that is the highest thing that you can aim for in life, you know, being rich, rich having high tea at the Ritz. Um, so a lot of people are annoyed with with that. And, and I think also a lot of people just really enjoy getting a peek inside a lifestyle that you normally um do not get a peek in. We all want to know what's going on inside these wannabe socialite WeChat groups, and uh, this is why. Also, it has become the talk of the week. And actually, to add a, a detail to this story, is that you might wonder about these uh, th- these photos that are being bought by these guys. Where are these photos coming from? Who is actually taking these photos? Well, it turned out that these photos are actually all being taken from. Uh, Blued, which is China's most popular gay app. It's the largest social media platform for gays in China. It has some 6 million monthly active users, and mostly used by gays in the age group of 25 to 35. And these guys are are posting a lot of photos about, you know, tr- fashionable hotels, uh, shopping sprees, having a, a nice lunch somewhere, having an expensive red wine. And these are the photos that are being taken off that uh, app and then uh, uh, distributed among these WeChat groups where again hundreds of people copy pasted into their own feeds. Oh my god it is uh, truly faking social media 2.0 and I think just many people had no idea that there was a business of buying your high-end moments for your WeChat um, and that uh, I think a lot of people also realized that there are so many people who are so eager to look picture-perfect on their social media feed that they just go to extremes to create a fake online life. And I do think that there is a real thirst for authenticity on Chinese social media. Over the past few years, you can also notice this in major trends that come along. Maybe you remember the story of Fan Yusu, for example, this migrant worker who wrote an essay and described her life. It was very raw, it was very real, and that went extremely trending on Chinese social media. So people are really eager to get more real and more authentic, and I think that's also why you see such a backlash against these fake online lives, and now they've been exposed. So I think for now, people will be a lot more critical when it comes to uh, these picture-perfect photos on social media. That was it for this week. Please join me next week again. We are now also on Apple Podcasts, on Google. You can find us in various places. Please subscribe. And then next week, I will give you another update of what's trending on Chinese social media. Until then, bye bye.